Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. Shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of Philippians, looking at Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 28. If you have a Bible with you, follow along while I read. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaimed Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that from God." In this section of Paul's letter, he shares his excitement about all the different ways that the gospel has been spread because of his imprisonment. It has been made known to everyone who has come in contact with Paul that he is in prison for Christ. But his trials and imprisonment have him thinking about the future. He lets the church in Philippi know that he was ready for it to be all over and to be at home with Jesus. He said it would be far better for him to be with Jesus than to be where he was. But he went on to say that he knew that God still had work for him to do. He said in verses 24 and 25, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. But then Paul goes on to say that the church in Philippi will have a responsibility whether he's released from prison or he's executed. 
Either way, they have responsibilities as members of the gospel of Christ. In verse 27, he said, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. The New American Standard Version says, Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. The King James Version, Only let your conversation be as it becometh a gospel of Christ. But literally, that phrase deals with citizenship. It was a Greek phrase that described citizenship. So literally, Paul is saying, behave as citizens of the gospel. Be good citizens of the gospel. He's telling the church in Philippi that they need to be committed to living a life that reflects their citizenship in the kingdom of heaven, that reinforces their conviction about the resurrection from the dead. And because of this, they should have nothing to fear. As we look at what Paul's written here, we can get some insight into what he thinks it means for us to be citizens of the gospel or to be living in the gospel. And one, it means that we're working for the moment. Whatever work Christ has given us to do, whatever work Christ is calling us to, we do that in that moment. We're not preoccupied with the outcomes we want and the things we desire. The only thing that matters is what Christ wants us to do. Paul is living this out and being an example to the church in Philippi and calling them to do the same thing. Paul says whether he's in prison or not, he has work to do for Christ. If he's in prison, he'll preach to the people there. If he's released, he's going to Philippi to encourage and strengthen them. Either way, his life is for Christ. But not only is this work for Christ, all of the accomplishments that he experienced are a shared experience. This is a communal system where everyone has a part of supporting and acting together to make sure God's work gets done. He thanks them for their participation in the gospel in the section that we read in the last episode. He talks about the things that they've done and how they've been emboldened to participate with him as a result of what's going on in his life. And so he tells them to live a life that's worthy of the gospel. Notice he didn't say become worthy so you can receive the gospel. He reminds them that because they've received the gospel, They have opportunities and responsibilities that others don't have, and the way they conduct themselves reflect, either in a good way or a bad way, on the kingdom of heaven. He also talks about how they together should stand firm with one spirit and one mind. They should be united in what they're doing so that they can accomplish all that God's given them to do. And he talks about them striving side by side for their faith. This Greek word striving is a sports word. It has to do with wrestling. They were going to wrestle together for the faith. They were going to fight together for what was important. They were going to care for one another and make sure the word got out and make sure that people were taken care of no matter what it took. So these folks were all working together and the accomplishments were shared. But also we can glean that Paul understands living in the gospel as benefiting others, saying we're a Christian or we're following the gospel or we're living out the gospel when our actions and attitudes don't benefit others in either way is problematic. People who live in the gospel are naturally doing the work that helps other people draw closer to God. 
even as much as Paul wanted to be with Jesus. He said that he knew he would have to remain and continue with them so that they would experience progress and joy in the faith. He knew his work was supposed to benefit others. And all of this was supposed to be to God's glory. None of this was intended to be self-indulgent behavior, things that only help themselves. And they weren't called to go into a bunker somewhere and only make sure that they took care of each other. They had a responsibility to the world. And sometimes the world was going to push back and there may be trouble that results from that. But he encouraged them to stand firm in a way that glorified God. Not only does Paul give us some insight into what living in the gospel might look like, he also lets us know that living in the gospel or being a citizen of the gospel gives us hope for the future, a future where we have absolutely no need to fear. We have a tendency to want to get to a point in almost any endeavor where we can stop working toward that goal and start enjoying the fruits of our labor for ourselves. Now, I think this is true even in our Christianity. And we want to get to a point in our lives where we can live our lives for ourselves and experience God's blessings in a way that we see fit and not be obligated to do things for other people or for Jesus. That's not an option we've been given in Christianity. When we made our oath to God that we were going to live for Him, that we were going to surrender our lives to Him for His purposes— That was a lifetime commitment, and we don't reach a point where the mission changes. Our entire life is to bring glory to God by serving the people that he created. We will experience joy and blessing as a result, but those are residual effects of doing what God asks us to do, not the main purpose for doing them. When we get hard-pressed by our circumstances, we often want to give up. Paul was having difficulty trying to even know what he wanted as he tried to decide whether it was better to be with Jesus or to be with the church in Philippi and help them grow. He was torn. For us, when that happens, we often want to give up, and that's often because we fear the outcome of doing the right thing. Sometimes doing the right thing can have a negative result for us. In Paul's case, he could have been executed, but he didn't see that as a bad thing. But our fear of a negative result often keeps us from doing what God wants. We can also be afraid of missing out on something else. We're afraid if we do exactly what God wants that we're going to miss some experience or opportunity in this world that we wanted to have. We have to decide like Paul. Is it more important to have that experience or to do what Jesus wants? That fear can paralyze us and keep us from doing what we've been called to do. But we're reminded in Scripture that the trials that we go through are times of growth. They're not things to be afraid of. They're things that God has promised He will use to make us stronger and better, better as individuals, better as servants to the rest of the world and to our church communities, and better at serving Him. When we have a perspective like Paul in regard to our trials and in regard to the work that God has called us to do, we will realize, as he did, that our life is for Christ. Our death is for us. The reward, the blessing that we get ultimately is received when we die. 
There are trials and hardships living here. God has called us to things at times that are tough, but he's promised us the power and the equipping necessary to make it happen. And if we're faithful, there's a reward for that. Living is for Christ. Death is our bonus. We have a hard time viewing death that way. We typically see it as something negative, and life here is something to be held on to as tightly as we can. And that may be the result of being in this place for too long. The, the longer we stay here, the more acclimated we become to it, and the more we feel like we deserve to have certain experiences here, and we look forward to staying here as long as we can. But Paul lets us know that the longer we live in the gospel— as a good citizen of the gospel, the more our faith will grow. And the stronger our faith, the less we're going to be affected by our opponents. No matter what they come at us with, we'll be able to stand firm individually and as a group to not let them scare us. Because Jesus came to take away all of our fear, especially our fear of death. That's the whole point of the resurrection. And so we can be assured that if we stand firm, we'll be rescued by Jesus. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Twitter.